Few are taught the fundamentals of finance and money management in school. This limited series podcast tackles the basics all students need to know to become financially independent. Made by students for students. Welcome to episode 3 of the Money Class Podcast. On this episode, we talk about buying and renting through the context of apartments, housing, vehicles, and transportation. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Money Class Podcast. My name is Costa. This is episode 3. Could you introduce yourself too? Hey, hey Costa, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> I'll take that Very as a good, formal I'll take that introduction. As a good, uh, <laughs> We're keeping yeah, it. Yeah, no, worry, no worries. Uh, episode 3, ex- excited, <laughs> excited to have you guys over. Excited to... Uh, to uh, to be on episode three, we have a we have a few po- uh, we have a few interesting topics which I actually brought up today. So uh, let's hope uh, something go well and uh, and yeah. So look, I was doing a bit of research and it's funny because I'm uh, you know with COVID every everything you're often at home and you're kind of thinking to yourself, oh you know I mean, my, you know you know both Costa and I we live at our parents' house uh, and it's um, you know in our bedroom we're in our bedrooms respectively not together that would be nice but not together <laughs> uh, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it's like, you know, I don't know about you, but I, I go on Realtor, I go on MLS, I go online and I go on Th- Sotheby's as well. And j- I just go and search what types of homes there are, to, you know, for sale. And I think to myself, you know, if I would start to work, to be working in six months from now, you know, what could I afford if I would want to move out, right? And and obviously, you know, I would want to be in you know, Old Montreal or Griffintown or some part of, you know, downtown, the plateau, um, you know, all hot areas in Montreal, and then it begs the question, you know, what should I do as a as individual, right? Should I be renting? Should I be buying? Should I be looking at newer buildings, older buildings? Um, so essentially, you know, that that's that sparked a bit of research on my end as to okay, you know, for my first place that I first place that I that I that I buy or first place that I that I get to live in, should I rent or should I buy? And if so, you know, let's say this is right after you start working, you know, what decisions should should you make? So I don't know, Cost, if you want to kind of kind of. Um, you know, if you have a certain take, if not, I could start talking about it a bit, and then you could kind of jump in when uh, when you want. Okay. Yeah. Well, specifically for houses, apartments, and all of that stuff, I have kind of my opinions kind of tend to sway away from the norm. So I'll let you go with it, and then I'll kind of comment on what I think and believe in. Also, keep in mind th- this is one of those topics where I'm still kind of trying to decide on what options work best for me. Because I, yeah. I, I think the, the, the norm or what everybody tells you to do is not necessarily best for a lot of people our age or uh, people in their 20s in general. But yeah, go ahead. You explain your point yeah. first. So, yeah, so there's a few different you know, variables you have to take into account. You know, obviously, the first biggest one is what's your down payment. Right. So, you know, we're very lucky in Canada that our housing market is very rich and it's very, you know, we're in a very good place where you could have a 5% down payment on, on your first residential property, I think up to $500,000, which means that if I want to, you know, if I want to move into a place that's maybe worth $300,000, all I have to really amass is 15 grand in order for me to move in as a down payment. So maybe that won't be as soon as I start working, but if I save up for six six to 12 months after I start working, you know, hopefully I'll be able to, to get a down payment. So assuming I have the luxury of being able to delay my moving out a little bit, that's the first thing you wanna consider is your down payment. And then the next thing is, and I think this is the point that you wanna make, because we've spoken to this as, as friends at some point, um, it's the mobility that comes with each of the options. Right, so mm-hmm. if you're someone who wants to be moving every two years, every three years, you're saying, you're thinking, you know, oh, I would like to move to Toronto, I'd like to move to New York, to 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 Los Angeles one day. Well, if you have 
you know, if you think where you're going to be at currently is going to be for short term, well, in that case, renting can can make much more sense because there's so many of these upfront costs when you buy. We could talk about real estate agent costs. We could talk about uh, taxes, brokerage, the brokerage fees. Um, you know, the, the insurance, the uh, the the, the, the uh, you know prepayment of a certain amount of insurance. So there's a lot of costs that that you have to incur early on. Now, the flip side of that is that when you rent. Your normally your effective payments, so your payments, um, you know, in, in in money that's kind of lost is usually going to be higher than the one of buying, right? Because when you buy, not only do you pay down, you know, not only are you paying interest to the bank, um, while you know that being said, you know, in Canada, their interest rates now for residential and commercial mortgages are very low, um, but you're also paying down some equity when you're when you're building when you're when you're buying a when you have a mortgage when you're buying a house, which means that. Even though you know maybe your actual total payment and more you know for buying a house is going to be higher every year because you're paying down mortgage, you're paying down equity through your mortgage, you're actually ending up you know it's in the long run it's costing you less because you know you get to build up an asset. Whereas mm-hmm. in rent, it's kind of money that's that's not thrown away, but it's money that you'll never see again. But again, on the flip side, you know you've got a down payment for the house, you've got all the taxes, all the utilities, all the maintenance that you have to think about, and and when you when you rent, well those things are all secondary. Right. So what, yeah. what, you get, go ahead. You kind of explain it, but you bring up a lot of great points there. I think the big thing when it comes to buying a house or buying any property is to understand where you see yourself in the future, or where you want to, you know, be in, when you hit 30 years old, 35, 40 years old, whatever the case is. I hear of a lot of people who just end up saving a lot of money by the time they're 23, 24, 25 or even 28. They just buy a property because they want to invest in the industry as a whole, real estate, and just kind of make mm-hmm. it an investment more than like living in like a, like a, you know a proper house. Um, other people just want to buy a house and have that be their main place to stay for the next 30, 40, 50 years, and it's just you know th- that's that's their home, um, and and that's why they see themselves raising their family and whatever, and they they see the investment in like going through the entire process. Uh, you know, renovating even, or just like doing all of these things. It's just like, it, it becomes their baby. I get that. Um, where I come in is I see myself, I, like, I don't know where I want, where I'm going to be necessarily in five or 10 years. And although I kind of see the benefits of me buying maybe a house with a, you know, with a down payment early on, um, if I want to, like right now we're in Montreal, if I want to go to Toronto, I don't want to have the I don't I don't want to have the responsibility of you know owning a place over here and kind of figuring out like the taxes and all of that stuff and just maintaining it or like finding someone to rent it and figuring all of that out. It's just something I don't want to spend my time on. It's kind of same thing when it comes to like like stocks that we talked about in the last mm-hmm. episodes. Some people just want to like apply for robo advisors and just let that be and not necessarily overthink too much about like different stocks they want to buy or maybe even ETFs if they, if they want to diversify into that. Um, so that made me think, or like, that made me realize personally, I rather just rent a house and be able to have the mobility to just, you know, move, uh, rent an apartment, sorry, or a house later on and be able to move like year over year, uh, in different cities. Heck, yeah. maybe if I go to the United States, as you know, like, who knows, Toronto, Vancouver, that's just something I enjoy. If there's a hole in the wall, it's not my problem not unless problem, I yeah. put that hole there. It's like usually the owner's problem, right? I hear that a lot. That's an extra expense you need to account for. That's an extra emergency fund you need to have. There's so much that goes into it, so much responsibility. Maybe I want to spend that time that I would probably put in for in a house, like um, 
the extra t energy, time, and money that I would put into to uh, no, sorry, the extra money I put in on the house that I gain in time, I could use for something else that can bring me money in other places. Kind of like an opportunity cost, right? Well, that's their down payment, right? When you put fifteen grand, let's say, you know, on a on a down on a house, that that fifteen grand is never going to be growing, right? So it's going to be growing, of course, with the equity of the house, but. But you know, it, it won't be growing as fast, let's say, as, as if it were in other assets or other investments, right? So, and while you amass this fifteen thousand, it's not really doing much. So that's kind of the, that's kind of the other the other side of the story is that you've got a big opportunity cost in type in, in, in money tied up inside inside a certain asset. Exactly, the mobility of your money. It's it, you, yeah. you can't withdraw it as easily as you'd want it to be. But you know, that's that's something that I personally really enjoy, especially at an early age where, like. If I'm renting a place and something happens, maybe maybe another coronavirus hits for all we know, and I just want to move out of the city, I could do that in a heartbeat, right? I could find a way, well, yeah. relatively yeah, in a heartbeat. Yeah, relatively easy. But you know, my point is, and I can downgrade. I can. That's a, that's like like a safe thing for me, where I can downgrade, find a place that's a lot cheaper for me, and go about it that way instead of like having to stick with what I had from the very beginning. Because with yeah. like there's so many risks especially like depending uh, i know people listening right now may be thinking about this but depending on the type of person that you are same thing we talked about in episode two um if you're high on risk and you don't know if necessarily what you're doing will work out i think rent is amazing because yeah. you can always move down a ladder when it comes to payment or like the expense of just your life expense in general so yeah that's something i really wanted to to bring up again though Houses are very complicated, and I think it's always better to to really, really think about it. It's almost like buying... <laughs> how do I put like, this? It sounds like you're going to say something controversial. <laughs> no, no, no. It's no, buying but... a child. It's a cost. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, like a... Like it's not endorsed. <laughs> no, I was going to use... <laughs> I was going to use a bad example, but I was going to say like cars. But actually, that's different because that. Cool. Yeah, but we'll talk about that after. So we'll talk about that after. But cars, like, yeah, in a way, cost like you know, the, the the you lose a lot of money, really quickly compared to a house where you tend to pretty much gain money, and it's kind of a good return on investment when it comes to just money because there's other types of return on investments like happiness yeah. and whatever. But. Um, yeah, that's where I stand on. I think on, it really comes down stuff. to, you know, how long you want to stay in there, right? So if you yeah, want to yeah. be there for three years minimum, let's say, well, maybe buying makes more sense because you're able to build some equity and pay down some of the mortgage. Um, there's an incredible tool online. And then that was, I, while doing a bit of research, I, I found it. It's called the New York um, the New York Times debt versus, um, sorry, not debt, rent versus buy. Um, if you, so mm -hmm. if you go on, the, pretty, sure, pretty sure the New York Times that, that did that. Um, rent versus buy but they, they do an incredible breakdown and essentially you put in what you would be spending yeah that's what it is what you would be spending to rent yeah um, what would be the equivalent rental price versus buying so let's say you buy something mm -hmm. this is your down payment this is you know how much uh, housing are uh, you know houses are going to appreciate over time and you could find those informations just by googling it in your local cities um, or lo local provinces but essentially you, know, you put in all these variables and then it says okay so you know net what is it going to be? What is it going to be better? Are we going to be better to buy or are we going to be better to rent? 
And it depends on what you see as your plans, right? So if you think you're going to be it's very, something that's very temporary, you know, one year, two years, in that case, it definitely makes more sense to rent. However, once you start looking long term, the equity that you're going to be building up with the house and the long term uh, returns at the house that, that when I say house, by the way, you know, I mean condo when, when you buy a property um, will appreciate, you know, over time. So. Um, so it makes more sense in that case to buy. Uh, but again, use the, there's an incredible online calculator called the New York Times rent versus buy. And really by putting in all the variables, it'll give you what the equivalent mortgage payments or is to, or essentially what the equivalent rent um, price you should be seeking for something that's equivalent in buying, depending on the, the longevity of, uh, of how, you know, how long you want to stay. That's, I think. Yeah. In general, go ahead. No, no, go finish. I was, I was done. It- in general, from what I see, and like I've gone through the calculators myself, you tend to spend a little bit more when you buy a house up front, yeah. I find, compared to renting, but the return is on the investment because that money is made in the future. Um, like, uh, yeah, a big thing again is that mobility of money I wanted to emphasize when it comes to just buying places versus renting. As much as you can check and nitpick on maybe the the, the money you save uh, monthly, mobility is is something especially young people like we switch jobs. Uh, if you ch- see the statistics, it's something like every two years. Yeah. Or like that's the gen- our generation is going to be switching jobs so frequently. You don't know where you're going to be with your money, so that's something you really need to consider. And that's something I always. Uh, I'd rather be safe than sorry. Yeah, that's personally and how I see it. Speaking of mobility, I think that's a great segue into our next subject, which is, you know, do you, do you buy a car, do you release a car, or do you, do you, what do you do? Do you buy the car new, do you buy it used, or do you lease a car? And I have a very strong opinion. That's a smooth transition. And, yeah, yeah, it was perfect. <laughs> but I know you have a very strong opinion about this, um, and it's something I think that I'll be able to compliment. So how about, yeah. uh, how about you want, you know, you go first, I, you let people know what you think, and I'm going to, Kind of bring in a bit of personal experience and uh, some experience that, that mm-hmm. you know that I know about to drive home the points that I want to make. Cars, cars is so complicated because I see where people come from from different perspectives. Uh, again, like I personally don't care that much about cars. I'm the type of person where if I had a billion dollars, I'd probably buy one cool car and kind of use it as a toy. And be driving like a Prius everywhere I go because I think that's much so much cooler than having a Lambo or a Ferrari, you know. But um, for people who enjoy cars, you need to understand where you are in life when it comes to your money and like just what you're what you're doing with your investments and everything going on. Because the very big thing, and everybody tells you this, when you buy a new car, when you drive it off the lawn, it loses a shit. Oh, I, I don't want to say any bad words. It, it loses a lot of its... 30%. Value. 30%. One yeah. third. That is a lot of money that you lose up front. For, that's literally money you kind of throw in the trash. You but kind of. People, <laughs> you, well, here's why I say kind of. Because I'm, I'm, right now I was going to say, people, like they, under, they see value in that. In the sense of, when you're buying like a Tesla, it's a it's a toy. People enjoy that. That's like like it's it's like a gift you're getting for yourself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's. Um, but we let's say let's say you know you're in the market you're for your first car and you've got an option. You know you've got twenty thousand dollars to spend. Let's say or or maybe less, right? And you want to get yourself you know a Jetta, a Civic, uh, you know a, a Golf, um, you know Nissan, the Altima, like you know really you know like a first car you know about twenty thousand dollar range, right? And you could either mm-hmm. get a new car you could get a slightly what was more expensive um 
you, know, you could get a few years down the line. You know, something maybe it was thirty thousand dollars new, or forty thousand dollars new for twenty grand, or you can get a new car for twenty grand, or you could just lease that car. You know, so you got three options, and you know, presented with that opportunity, that what would you do, Costa? Uh, <laughs> you would say neither. Honestly, I would never, I would never buy a new car right off the bat unless I really, really see like something I really like about the car. But just to finish off on my point, because yeah, I, I want to answer that, but I just want to say like, if I see a car that is brand new and I know it's going to lose a third of its value when I drive it off, but I just, I really, I, it, I will enjoy it. it. It will give me like happiness for some reason. I could see the value in that, like losing one third of its value, like right off the bat. But I'm more of the type to that where I'd rather lease or, or buy it used because I retain a lot of the money right off the bat. And that's important. Yeah. Why? Well, how about you? I want to see what you well, have yeah, to say. Well, yeah, I, I would never buy a car new, a new car. Then I have like, great examples um to kind of drive that home um first of all i would definitely rule out leasing as an op option because when you lease a car all you really do is you pay for the depreciation that the dealer is incurring so let's say you know let's say um you know, it's a three-year lease right so let's give a quick example you know we um we've got a uh, we've got a uh you, know, you want to get yourself a jetta it's twenty thousand dollars right you're going to lease it for three years after three years, the value of the car is twelve grand, let's say, or ten grand. We'll say we'll say ten grand. So pretty much over the course of three years, you're you're going to be spending that depreciation, that ten thousand dollars. Those are your payments. So at the end of the three years, you own nothing. All you've done is essentially rent a car. So like we talked about the mobility, and that's the big pro about leasing is a mobility. Um, but at the end, you own nothing, right? So off of three years, you know, three times twelve, that's thirty six payments of $10,000 in total, you know, that's $280 a month that you're spending for something that you really don't own, right? The peace mm -hmm. of mind is that if anything breaks down, you've got, it's a brand new car, so you've got the latest technology, you've got the, uh, you know, we could assume that it's the safest, you know, the, the safest there is, and, um, and also if anything happens, you bring it to the dealer, you say, it's not my problem, right? It's kind of like renting a house. <laughs> exactly, kind of like renting, right? Yeah. But the problem is, um, and, and this is where I see the big problem, is that, the cost of buying a new or buying a used car is not as much as the actual, you know, as 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 buying a new house or buying a house for say for for instance. Let me give an example. So if you got a car that was new, thirty thousand dollars or thirty five thousand dollars, which you can now buy for twenty grand, right? So mm -hmm. the car already depreciated about fifty percent over the course of the same three year period as your lease. That car is going to depreciate from twenty to maybe fifteen thousand dollars. So you only take a five thousand dollar hit versus you know, the $10,000 in a lease, right? Um, and you're also in a better car. Let's just start with that. Um, and, and, and at the end, you know, you could sell it, you know, by yourself, or you could trade it, trade it in, and pretty much you're, you're never gonna lose as much as you did whether than if you bought the car new or you leased it. But here's the caveat, right? There's an uncertainty that comes that comes with it. Um, you know, you, you buy a used car and uh, and something breaks, you know, you're kind of you're kind of responsible for it, right? You can't bring it to the to, to the to the dealer and um, and and say you know fix it up or or it's not your problem because at the end of the day it's on your it's on your shoulders, and um, and that's kind of the big dilemma that that's faced. Do I buy a used car and take the risk, or do I just you know lease a new car or buy a new car? Um, and, and I think you know it's, I would definitely always go with buying a used car just because I'm a bit more I, I don't mind taking a bit of the risk. But you know, something that's three years old is not old. You know, something that's fifteen years old is a different story. But you know, these cars today are you know better built than, than than ever. They've got you know great technology, great safety features. So getting something that's a few years old probably won't cost you that much in maintenance, that much more in maintenance um, 
and in headache than, than a new car. You get to save mm-hmm. a lot by doing so. I totally agree. But uh, again, a big thing when you, with used cars and new cars, um, I, I, I read this in a book called, uh, actually a book we talked about last time, I Will Teach You To Be Rich yeah. uh, by Ramit Sethi. And he talks about cars. And when you're buying a car, you're not just buying the car. You, you, you're buying, um, or, or like used or new, you're buying the risk of something breaking down and you having to estab- like create a new emergency fund for that like that's product, true. right? So every time you're buying something that's really like, that's a high amount of money, like a house or a car, you need to understand that car's expense is not just the car itself it's the gas it's hey maybe something happens to the engine and you need to give a thousand dollars on that month extra to repair it so you can like actually use it Mm -hmm. it's the parking it's the occasional parking ticket maybe a speeding ticket whatever it is all of that adds up and usually like when you're when you're looking at cars you need to understand you're probably going to end up paying probably the car itself plus times like an extra third of its value or an extra half of its value and that for some people twice the value of that car that you're going to be spending monthly yeah so that's stuff you need to really consider it's uh anything that requires binding buying or whether it's a house or a car or even a laptop i see it's the the same way uh you really need to understand that uh, that there's a lot more that goes into it than just the actual buying of it yeah there's emergency funds are big yeah, no, it's, it's all the added costs that come kind of with it. And I, I'm going to give an example, which was, um, you know, my first car. And you remember it, it was my Focus ST, which is pretty much a mm-hmm. Golf, it's pretty much the Golf GTI, but on, on the Ford side. And that car new is, oh my God, it was like $40,000 40 $40, new, which is like really expensive for what it is, right? But but the car yeah. is great, it has a lot of power, you know, you know great, great interior and everything. It was, I, it was a great, great car. I owned it for two years and I bought it used. I bought it used for twenty thousand dollars. Let's say there's about twenty grand with taxes, and mm-hmm. and you know for that price range, you know I've gone. I'm looking at Civics. I'm looking at Jettas. So from the get go, you know the actual car itself, the quality of it was greater just because you know it had the you know the, the bucket seats and it had the navigation and it had the backup camera. It, it was like a, a proper race car. Yeah, like it, it was like a it was like a you know it had the speed as well. It was pushing like three hundred foot pounds of torque, two hundred sixty horsepower. Like it was a fun car. I modified it a bit. Um, but I, you know, I bought it for twenty, and I sold it for thirteen grand, in the span mm-hmm. of two years. So off of two years, I lost seven thousand dollars. It's thirty five, thirty five hundred dollars a year, um, and that's about three hundred bucks a month, right? That same car as a lease is about six hundred dollars a month, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I did it, and it didn't, yeah. and it didn't cost me three hundred dollars a month in maintenance. It cost me a few times a thousand dollars, which was, you know, which hurt when it happens. But I say, okay, in the long term, it's going to be fine, right? I think. At some point, I needed to change the brakes all around. That was about a grand, and at some point, there was something else that 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 break that, that broke, and I had to spend another grand there. Um, but you know, net, it ended up costing me about less than leasing a new car that was twenty thousand dollars. But I was driving around in a forty thousand dollar car for two years, right? But mm-hmm. I did take the risk at at that point that oh, you know, I'm taking a risk that something may break, and I may have to be able to have an emergency fund to you know to 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 um, to fix something if that if that occurs, and that's completely fair that's a great point that you have to make that you have to be you know, have to be ready to um you know to, to disperse a bit of money at, at, at any time but then every day you know the utility if you you know in, in economics we speak about utilities right the utility factor that someone has and my overall you know, utility happiness of having that car was much greater than if it was a twenty thousand dollar car you know or just because the actual or a new twenty thousand dollar car just because the car itself was a better product right so mm-hmm. 
So that's kind of how, how you know, the experience that I had and, and the experience I'm now repeating with my current car because it just makes more most sense in my opinion to get something that I like at the right at the price you know that makes sense in your situation. Mm-hmm. With all of this being said, because you love cars and you yeah. know cars, <laughs> you know what to pick, you understand it really well. Someone like me who doesn't understand cars as much, doesn't care about cars as much, I'm perfectly capable to be happy with a $3,000 Honda Civic that gets me from point A to point B, mm-hmm. no issues, it does its job, right? Yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're giving out prices right now, but for students, because this podcast is made for students, what would you think would be a best option for someone, let's say, who may have student loans, yeah. may have, uh, uh, just wants to take it from their house to their to their school? That's the big okay thing. Like, what do you, what do you what do you think about that? Like, what would you recommend? Yeah. So okay, I, look. First thing is you want to look at your budget and you want to look for cars that are you know you're able to spend two hundred bucks a month on a car. Let's say I want you to spend. 20% less, right? Or 10 or 20% less because we want to be more comfortable because you've got insurance to pay, you've got um, insurance, gas, parking, and, and general maintenance, right? So we know that, you know, twice a year, you have to change your tires and, you know, at least, you know, once or twice a year, you have to change the oil. Well, already mm-hmm. these are these are expenses. So whatever your budget is for the car, you want to spend less on that for, for today. And then you want to say, okay, would I, you know, am I be able to get a, you know, if you, am I be able to get a small auto loan? Right, and something, or, or maybe like a student line of credit, or something that, um, you know, as opposed to spending, if you want to buy something from the get go, you know, am I able to use leverage in order for it to spread out those payments? And that could create a lot of advantages where you don't have to, you know, shell out $5,000 right now, you could have that space off over two years. And if you got a small interest rate, you know, two, three, four percent, then that makes, you know, that could make sense because that money could be growing in your robo advising. Um, or an ETF, you know, 8%, 12% growth, at the end of the day, it makes more sense, you know, it's going to come out ahead. But let's be pragmatic here, because I'm giving a lot of ideas and nothing is concrete. Mm-hmm. You know, for, for a student, if, if you have, you know, you worked a few summers and you saved up, get something, you know, for $3,000, for $4,000, something that's used. You know, a Honda Civic is a great example, but it's also a great car. Like it's, you know, the Toyota Corolla, the Camry, yeah. the, the, the Civic, the Accord, these are all cars that were made in the hundreds of thousands and the millions of examples. So, so as a result, the parts are everywhere. They're very cheap to repair and they're relatively reliable. So yeah, you know, you may want to get yourself, you know, maybe for 10 grand, you could get a four-year-old Honda Civic or you could get a eight-year-old BMW. But the eight-year-old BMW, when it breaks down, those, that brake job's gonna cost you two grand. Versus, or maybe, mm-hmm. you know, 1500 whereas when, you know, when your Civic breaks down, the same brake job is going to cost you, for, you know, 500 bucks, you know, 600 bucks. So mm-hmm. there's a few things to put in, but I would always say, you know, if you could, you know, whatever you can, live below your means, because lifestyle yeah. inflation is something that, you know, we're all kind of subject to, and, oh, I just got a, you know, I, I, you know, I, I just got a paycheck, whatever, I'm working, okay, I want to go buy something new, right? Um, I think it's important let me, to let say Let me just humble. clarify that right there. Lifestyle inflation. Yeah. Uh, d- that's essentially when you're making $50,000, you're living a lifestyle of someone who spends, let's say, $50,000 or like around that range. Making $100,000, same thing happens. You're spending around $100,000. What ends up happening altogether is that you're you're always, you tend to always stay around point. You never zero. come ahead. You're always, you're exactly. always 
you're always at zero. And it's so, and you can so, never bring down your lifestyle. That's the thing. You can always bring it up, but bringing it down is is not easy. You know, if you've been, uh, if you've always been eating out at the best restaurants, and all of a sudden you're like, crap, I have a budget when I go out. Like, oh my god, then it's gonna, you, you're not gonna like it. You're gonna dread it. Exactly. Go. It's, it's uh, well about that. You can technically say that someone making fifty thousand dollars spending $50,000 is the equivalent of someone making $10 million spending $10 million. You're both at zero at the end of the day. <laughs> You're net zero. Lifestyle inflation, well, yeah, lifestyle is, inflation is, is, is a big thing, and I kind of agree with that. Always leave, live, live below your means. Always, it applies always, to always. cars, houses, or anything. Yeah. But yeah, continue. No, because as an intern, you. like, you know, I, I'm going to, you know, when, when I intern, um, you're making money you're like oh my god i'm making 500 bucks a week i'm making a thousand bucks a week you're, you're starting to actually make a bit of money and and all of a sudden oh you want to you know when we could go out to a club it's like oh I, I could spend you know i could buy the bottle you know for for my friends no problem and yeah you could do that once in a while but you don't have to do that every time you go out right and i know people who they got a paycheck the next day you know you see their uh, instagram stories they're careful of out they're at a, they're at the mall or you know they're uh you know they're, they're they're going clubbing and spending what they have like okay that's fun but remember, there's an opportunity cost to doing that, right? And your two hundred dollar, you know, your two hundred fifty dollar bottle of gin at your club is is gonna, you know, is gonna cost you in the long run. It says that that could grow and that could be spent otherwise, right? So I always have to think to yeah. yourself, you know, how necessary is this purchase? Now, I'm not saying you know don't go out clubbing and don't go out, you know, spending money. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying if you're spending, if you're making, you know, five hundred dollars a week, don't spend five hundred dollars a week. Pay yourself Pay first. Enough. You know, put your money inside an investment account. Um, and then spend you know three hundred dollars a week, and that's still an incredible. That's still a good. That's a good good amount of money if you're not you know. That's still a good amount of money um, that you could go and have fun with. Um, but that extra two hundred dollars after fifty weeks, let's say, that's that's ten grand. Yeah, and especially right. for students, yeah. a lot of them who don't necessarily have the means to even consider buying a car. Or even people who can who can buy like a three thousand dollar Honda Civic, maybe it makes more sense to get an Opus card. Yeah. Right. That works totally fine. Obviously, you don't have the same amount of freedom, but you're saving a lot of money in gas, maintenance, parking tickets, all insurance. of that stuff. I feel like you got a insurance. lot of tickets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I've gotten a lot of parking tickets. <laughs> it's card. It's problem. No, <laughs> whenever I get it, whenever the few times I've gotten a parking ticket, I always take a picture. I'm like, okay, how can I contest it? <laughs> it's like I look around for any sign. <laughs> oh, no, no. In all seriousness. Tamper the crime like, scene. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, there was no sign. No, but in all seriousness, it's like, it's, it's, uh, yeah, living below your means and understanding that you can maybe save up that money that from, from the buying power you have to be getting like a, a Honda Civic and, you know, investing it and finding new ways to, 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 you know, make that money work for you yeah. um same for houses maybe you can live with your parents two more years instead of renting out some place in downtown Montreal because it's next to the school you might have to commute in the winters and that sucks but you are saving like a, a lot hundreds of, of dollars a month thousands or thousands, thousands. you're yeah. not going to spend it 100 bucks a month you've got a uh, you've got a you got a uh, parking spot yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's it. For 250 bucks a month downtown, you got a parking spot. You don't have a house. You have an apartment. <laughs> but yeah, that, like, you see everything we're saying here. Like all of this stuff, it's like if you if you go all out, like super conservative with your money, living with your parents, just using an Opus card, you could save hundreds of dollars, if not thousands of dollars, a month, right? Yeah. Or you can live a great life, have your like BMW, 
uh, that you bought used or new, whatever, <laughs> however you want to spend your money. Uh, rent a place in downtown Montreal because you have school. Uh, your school is in downtown Montreal, and you know, be left with zero. Yeah. Where do you want to be in three years? Do you want to delay gratification? Yeah. No, that's. I think that's that's a really good point because you know the when the first time we spoke, I think we we briefly touched on the idea of time value of money, and that or maybe I think I think we had spoken about that the first time, and mm-hmm. it's pretty much saying you know. Your one dollar today is pretty much worth, you know, more money tomorrow um, as it grows, right? And what do you prefer having? A little bit today, or a lot tomorrow, or more, or a lot more in a few years from now? And that's a decision everyone has to make. And and you know, no one can tell you what to do, but we can always you know point you kind of in the right direction. And and whether it be speaking with a financial advisor at a bank or a financial planner who's going to help you plan these things out, you know, maybe they'll help you, you know. Find the right budget for you know for a car, and depending on your your salary, you make an appointment with them, and they'll be more than happy to you know to go to go about this and be pragmatic and actually you know crunch the numbers. And at the end of the day, they're you know a financial advisor is there to to you know to help you um, and to provide a service in the form of financial planning in the form of financial advisory, and, and they're there for you. They'll help you with the numbers. They'll see what your income is and you know where your where everything more money comes in and money comes out, and you know through budgeting apps. Like TD My Spend or um, or you know the you know Costa and I are both part of Penny Drops and you know we give classes on budgeting and we give so many different tips so look out for that on your Facebook pages. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> little plug, <laughs> little plug, of course, of course. <laughs> But you know don't don't be scared to to ask people around and and you know seek with your peers and your parents and 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 other people what they've done. Granted, your parents may have a different view, well, but that's kind of what you would want as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... I totally agree, and that's something we're gonna we're gonna be emphasizing every single episode. I find it's the, do- the 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 value of a dollar now compared to in the future, and being able to find a way to budget your life or, or plan your life around uh, what money you're making now, what you're gonna be making in the future, and just figuring it all out. At the end of the day, all of this information we're giving out to people is because we want them to understand what they're doing and understand that maybe if an option doesn't sound as smart it might be smart for you yeah does that make sense that makes sense uh, um yeah at the end of the day you value you, you you can always also see the value in things that might not necessarily like this is kind of controversial but if i, th- I think i spoke about this last time too uh, and it kind of deals with the car thing and the house thing if you see the value in buying a new car or if you see the value in buying gucci clothes every month because you like that If you plan in a way where uh, you can maybe find ways to save up in other areas of your lifestyle, you can indulge in that, yeah, right? Yeah, that's true. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for people to, uh, you know, uh, buy a new car if they see... That like, much utility. They, exactly, exactly. Or a new house. Like, there's there's a lot of saving on time. Like, so many things goes into it, right? So yeah, that's something I just really want to emphasize. It's it's if you like going out and clubbing every Saturday night, maybe not now, but in the future, uh, <laughs> like find ways to to make that work for you. But you can't be indulging in every different aspect of your life. Yeah, you because if you try to you know one up everyone in every aspect, you're going to be the only person you're going to be. You know, everyone's going to be ending up one upping you, and you're going to be you're going to be behind. You know, Kevin O'Leary exactly. um, has a YouTube channel, and he spoke about this recently. You know, and, and invest in assets that will grow. Right, so. 
like, in a, like a house, you know, like buying property will grows an asset, but there's also an opportunity cost, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. buying, you know, he gave an example that his mo- his mother used to save up, you know, she was a, um, she was, she worked in a sweatshop and she would, um, and, and she would save up one year to buy, you know, she loved Chanel and she would save up one year to buy one Chanel coat at the end of the year or one handbag from Chanel. And she had these, you know, these pieces that were pieces of art. So, you know, as opposed to, you know, buying 10 different jackets throughout the year and 10 different pairs of shoes, she would buy one thing a year that she would indulge in, right? And, mm-hmm. and it, when, she, when she ended up passing away, all, you know, all of, you know, her, 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 her friends and family came up to Kevin, Kevin O'Leary and said, I want your mom's jacket, I want your mom's shoes. And these products, <laughs> these, these, these yeah. um, uh, what she had grew, increased in value during her lifetime while she was using it. So whether it be you know in, in 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 beautiful pieces of art of clothing that that could continue appreciating a value or at least not go from you know you know forty dollars to zero you know something that could be that always has a value so whether it be you know I, I i like watches as well i haven't started a collection yet but you know that's kind of how we see it as well right buy things that can appreciate in value but you can also enjoy at the same time and if that's you know nice clothing for you then for sure you know and, and do so but you know, make sure what you're getting is going to make you happy and they have a day and, and they can appreciate and value or have that possibility. I think that's a, I think that's yeah. a nice way of, of wrapping everything up. Yeah. Uh, I, I, before we wrap up, one last thing I want to bring up. Yeah. Uh, utility, which we mentioned before, and it kind of goes into this. Economists, like a one, the one thing, the economy or just businesses in general can't necessarily find a way to measure is things that don't necessarily revolve money, but kind of like bring you some sort of other benefit. Mm-hmm. Like uh, playing video games, there's no real monetary benefit there. But at the end of the day, maybe you like winding down and you want to spend $500 on a new PlayStation and $80 a month on a new video game. The utility there is just the enjoyment and the just like being able to, you know, chill and, and enjoy yeah. planning it and winding down. Like, that's something you can, you, you need to also understand. It doesn't necessarily always have to bring you money. It can be something else. Just yeah. the enjoyment of a video game. That's not bringing you money. That's bringing you nothing. You're just chilling. But it's like, bringing you happiness. It's, <laughs> it's bringing you, exactly. like, a certain amount of joy that you wouldn't you be cannot, able to get otherwise. Exactly. You cannot measure happiness uh, with money necessarily all the time. So, no. Yeah. That's definitely true. That's yeah. utility. That's one thing uh, I wanted. I wanted to bring up. Yeah. yeah and you, that being you, need said, a, you need to measure utils, utiles, right? You're the you're the major. Utiles. Aren't you the the one who minoring in economics or majoring in economics? Well, yeah. In economics, that's what we talk about utility yeah. a lot, and that it goes back to the whole happiness thing. Some things utility cannot measure. Yeah, definitely. There are definitely. some things that utility cannot measure, but it tries to measure, and that's kind of the whole theory of of, of that in, in economics. But yeah, it's a little more complex than that. But yeah. But I'm sure it, it kind of revolves around that 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 area. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Uh, with that being said, I think that's pretty much it. Do you have anything you would like to add? That, that's pretty much it. I don't want to be. T- I think we're, we're approaching like 40 minutes for the uh, for the uh, for the episode. So uh, we'll keep it concise. Well, we spoke about renting versus buying, and we spoke about buying a new car or a used car. And I think that was two great subjects we we're able to dive into. And uh, you know, we'll take note of the the ideas of. Um, of lifestyle inflation and utilities so that we could dive deep into that um, in other subjects as well. Exactly. That's a great way to wrap it up. So with that being said, thank you for joining us on episode three of the Money Class Podcast. My name is Costa. And I'm Mark. And we'll see you again on episode four next week. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Take care. This has been episode three of the Money Class Podcast. 
If you liked the episode, make sure to subscribe and follow the podcast. We release a new episode every week. See you next week. Bye-bye.